Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. Chuck and Brandy, are you with me today? Yes, I'm here. And I'm here, Timmy. All righty. Well, welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, we're going to talk about the uh, uh, a lady who was a recluse, Brandy, uh, by the name of Ida Wood. The title of our podcast mm-hmm. is The World According to Ida Wood. She lived a very interesting life, Brandy, and a life that was full of shenanigans. Of course, Brandy, you're familiar with shenanigans. I love shenanigans. I am. You are the shenanigan queen. Shenanigans love is shenanigans. your middle name. Very close, yes. Timmy, can can I do the disclaimer this week, Timmy? Sure. Mm. Knock yourself out, Colonel. We are a true crime adult, sometimes air quotes, comedy podcast, and it's not for the timid. So if you're timid, just... Switch over and find yourself to Mr. Rogers' podcast. Whatever you want to do. Get the fuck out of here. We're tired of the negative reviews that people... Yeah, they cuss. Ah! If adult language offends you, then please check out one of the other wonderful true crime independently produced podcasts that are out there, like our friends with the Southern Fried True Crime, uh, our friends with... um, they Walk Among Us, uh, who else am I leaving out? Nina, of course, and... Uh, Crime Lines with Charlie. Yeah, Crime Lines with Charlie, and Already Gone with Nina. So there's a lot of uh, podcasts out there that don't use curse words. We're not one of them. So uh, if that offends you, uh, Brandy can't help it. She's sorry, but that's the way it is. Sure. She had a rough not, child. I'm not sorry at all. She has actually. a limited vocabulary, vocabulary, and most of it is swear words. So it curse, is swear words. Cursing have is a you sign noticed, of intelligence. Timmy, have you noticed that the podcasts that you mentioned uh-huh. are all podcasts that have females that are kind of basically adored? Like they're such, you know, and they're lady like. I love Nina. That. Nina's very ladylike. Erica Kelly's very ladylike. On her podcast. But outside of it, they could be very, very mean women, Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, Timmy, you've never spent any time with these women. Well, because they're pretty awesome. We're hoping that they, well, I know that Nina's going to be. But they will slit your throat. uh, DweebCon. And perhaps Erica Kelly's going to be at DweebCon. So I look forward to seeing them there. Of course, if you would be interested in attending DweebCon, who wouldn't be, Brandy, really? Uh, it, it will be held in Cincinnati the weekend of October 4th to 6th. we got a live show on that Saturday. Uh, we're trying to keep Brandy sober for a few days, but, uh, you know. It, Good luck. It no, not, you're not. It may not work out at all. But if you want more information on DweebCon, please go to our Facebook group, History Dweebs Podcast, and... You'll be able to get all the information you need to make accommodations, Brandy. Perfect. And make an informed decision. About whether you want to attend or not? Yeah. Last year, the devil got so drunk, she hugged me, Timmy. Yeah, that's not, that's unlike her. So, you must have been. <laughs> it's quite unlike really her. <laughs> Are you going to hug him? I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I'm not. No. I'm, okay. I'm not hugging him. Maybe I'll hug you. No, I don't like that. 
I don't like hugs. <laughs> Let me introduce a lady who is known throughout the kingdom as Brandy the Benevolent. Her Majesty, Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? I'm fighting off a cold today, Timmy. Oh, that's not good. I don't know what's going on. I so know, you, right? You're diseased is what you're telling us. Well, duh, but I'm I'm fighting off this cold. I got, you know, I got a lot going on, but despite all this, I've actually had a really wonderful weekend and What did you so do I'm, if anything? I'm in a good mood. Well, yesterday my friend Stephanie came down and we went and got her hair done and she looks absolutely gorgeous. And we went out to eat and by the way, I owe Stephanie an apology. I made a And a drink, evidently. Yeah, I made a a stupid remark last week that I was you know, Brandy, sometimes I sometimes my words get twisted. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I no way. No. No. And I say things that I don't mean to say, and I had uh, made a comment that Lanny was out of Stephanie's leg, and of course that's not true. Uh, she is far out of his leg, but he is right in your wheelhouse, Brandy Lanny. He's right there for you, right? Man. So, and then today, I you have been. Well, I have a question, Devil. What? I have a question. What? You have been spending a lot of time with Stephanie lately. Uh huh. Just an observation. Okay, thank you for that observation. Uh, was she on your softball team? No. Okay. Do you think no. perhaps you should uh, not spend so much time with her because uh, you could be a bad influence on her? Well, maybe, maybe, but you know, she keeps she keeps coming down to see me. We keep taking little road trips. So, I want to know, you know what you're doing at that cabin down there because I think you're growing uh, your growing pot or it's a meth lab or something. Your thoughts on that? There's a meth lab down there, Jimmy. We're not doing. Actually, literally nothing is what we're doing at that cabin, and it's fairly amazing. Hmm. But, like I said before, last last weekend was my anniversary, and my husband worked. So, today, we're all going to go out and have an anniversary dinner, and it's going to be, it's been a good weekend. Wow. That's Other nice, than I man. think, I think I've cracked a bone in my foot, so I have to go get an x-ray sometime soon. Yeah, but you, you know, yeah, that's so a waste of time, because they don't do anything for a broken foot anyway. They'll give you the boot. They'll give oh you yeah, the they give you one of those boots. You look, you look hot in the boot. I mean, those well, things do something for me. I don't know what it is. What's because they can't run very fast away from you. I think that's, that's what that it is. is. Yeah. I can, I can, ch- I can catch those people. You know, I don't care so much about the boot. Behind. Maybe some pain meds would be super sweet. You know, something. Yeah, but uh, we're yeah. Under. I got. They're taking got away our on. opioids, Brandy. I don't like it. Speaking like of which, they're I, taking away the colonel's vaping. Business. You know that. They're going to take away. Trump is taking away the colonel's vaping. And I I, I am going. Well, to- Timmy, six people have died. I mean, six people have died. This is a very, very serious problem. Now, we we have probably six people jump off of skyscrapers in the last <laughs> year, but they ain't banning skyscrapers. When we going to ban airplanes, Timmy? I don't know. When we going to ban... When are we going to ban McDonald's double cheeseburgers? No, don't do that. Yeah, see, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Always go after the low-hanging fruit. Because people well, who you are low are you the gotta prize make, you are, He is low-hanging fruit, Brandy. Well, he is. And what I love is that, because Dave also vapes, and what I love is that anytime this subject comes up, like automatically everybody gets so defensive about it so defensive like if i say you know you look like a douche when you vape like that you know it's fine nobody really says anything but as soon as you say you know they're going to ban flavored vapes it launches into this whole thing about you know personal freedoms blah blah blah, blah. it's in I'm the like, goddamn constitution i don't know that it's well i in the i i didn't catch the whole news story but i i heard him saying it could uh in effect hook us so I thought it was hookers. Ho- hookahs? Uh-huh. Hookahs. Like hookah lounges? Yeah, and I thought well, they yeah, were banning hookahs, hookahs, and I became very concerned about that. Well, you should be concerned about that. Let me introduce a man Jesus. who's known Brandy throughout the land as uh, an oasis in the desert of despair. He is not. He's considered, Brandy, the most dangerous man in podcasting today. 
uh, I understand that hordes of people are coming to DweebCon just to be in his presence. That's not true. The very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately branding known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, I'm torn, Timmy. Why the fuck? What? 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 I'm not good. I'm not good, but I'm good, Timmy. Well, explain uh, that, Colonel, because a lot of people out there, Brandy, are concerned how he's doing each week. They're not, though, because he's always the same. I'm not good, Timmy. And then he busts out with some stupid-ass first-world problem. But go ahead, Well, no, Chuck. I finally got my book settled. Oh, we got um, a title? Not, I did Well, yeah, we thought we had it settled, and then we found out the term somebody had actually trademark the term dragon penis so i can't use that any in there any, oh, anywhere I'm sorry, <clears throat> yeah but That's we catchy, we got Brandy. it all worked it out catchy. we got a title i didn't know that was the title will be unveiled at dweebcon oh he's going to um, unveil the title at dweebcon brandy i i know i am waiting with breathless anticipation but i'm i'm good i'm not good because i had to paint all day Yesterday, Timmy, and so, so did Leanne. She painted yesterday as well. Menial labor is just not for the colonel. It's below the colonel, Timmy. Well, clearly it's, it's not. You're artistic, though, Colonel, and I'm sure that uh, Renee relies upon your artistic integrity when it comes to your home decor. Well, no, yeah, she just told me that there were two uh, two gallons of paint in the, in a garage that she had purchased from the hardware store. And that me and Logan were to paint the porch. And she said Logan would paint the porch. And I said, okay, that's great. But you know, Logan, you can't leave the little bastard with anything on his own because then, you know, I'll have paint on my car and the neighbor's house will get painted. So I had to go out there and help supervise. And, and painting above your head, Timmy, when you reach a certain age is not easy. So did so you today, actually did you actually do any of the painting or did you just supervise? I did a good part of the painting, Timmy, and now I cannot get my arms above my oh, head because he's not going to be able to wash my hair for about three weeks, Timmy. Did you get I, any you paint in your hair? You should be good. You don't have that much hair. <laughs> That's harsh, Devil. That's harsh, <laughs> Devil. I got a question. Another question for you. Did you Friday? I seen you, and you looked. Uh, you looked. Like, uh, I hate to say this even on the air, but you look kind of hot, devil. You was all dressed up, had a black dress she on. She was radiant. Was you, uh... Maybe she's with child. Was you dancing, or what was you, what you have going on there? Was you trying to impress somebody? Did you have, was you going by the auto parts store to see Lanny? What was going now, on there? It was too hot for pants, so I just put a dress on, and I actually... Uh, had a meeting or something I was covering for our boss, so when I got in, I put on... Some makeup and things, so I wouldn't, you know, scare the guests. And I didn't even just, recognize yeah. you. See, oh, you, get, you get you get positive you feedback, but every time I wear a dress, it's all negative feedback, Colonel. <laughs> it's everybody's complaining. Yeah. I know. I, I and you know what? If you'd I shave had your legs. Nicest, that would be different. I had the nicest pencil skirt on the other day, Timmy, and not a compliment. Not one compliment. Not Brandy. one compliment. Again, not even a whistle. Shave your legs. Remember that That's time I paid him? Remember crazy. that time I offered him twenty five dollars to wear high heels, and he did. And he did. Got that picture? God damn right I did. <laughs> it cost me twenty five bucks. All right. Yeah. I thought he had some shame, but apparently not. No, well, I've done far he wore, worse he things for twenty five dollars to me. <laughs> Don't you remember he wore them through work out into the parking I guess, lot in public? Yeah. Mm. Oh, you know what? And I'll tell you, you got to admit that. Well, I, my ass and my calves look good in those heels. Well, I, you know, I couldn't. I see mean, your it made, he did, those he heels did made rock my those, ass pop. Uh, shoes, Brandy. I know, and they were my big girl heels. Those are the ones I put on when it's serious business. And it makes me kind of—I don't know—ashamed for me or him the fact that we both wear the same size shoe. You both do. So, you and Chuck. Yeah, so either we he do, has little got, tiny lady feet, or I have no. Big old I wear man a size feet. ten. I got I wear a size ten shoes, so he's he's very well, proud of his shoe size, Brandy. All right, yeah, you know one of the latest uh, re, uh, latest review we got says that we banter a lot and they don't get to the story for like a long time. So 
Oh, well, well you know, I start. wish we could reply to those reviews and say, how about you go fuck yourself and go to church? It doesn't seem like you're wow. open to uh, positive feedback, Colonel. Well, I, I don't mind constructive criticism as long as they keep it to their fucking selves, Timmy. I see. Let's talk about well, Why don't we get into the story? Let's talk about Ida Wood. Shall we, Brandy? I would love to. Ida Wood. Ida Wood. Ida Wood. Among the incredible stories of hoarders and recluses, Brandy, the story of Ida Wood may trump them all. She was a healthy, or I'm wealthy, I'm sure she was healthy at some point, yeah. A wealthy socialite in New York City. Who's your cue, Brandy? New York City. <laughs> New York City. There you go. I'm not well, Timmy. I'm not well. Yeah, you're a little off your game. In the 19th century, yeah. uh, before she locked herself in a two-bedroom apartment in the Herald Square Hotel, never going out and never spending more than a few pennies a day. She's a, she's a little tight, Brandy. But uh, yeah. she was recluse. When she was forced to leave the room at the age of 93, bonds and stocks worth tens of thousands of dollars were found hidden in shoeboxes. She also had expensive jewelry, including several, she hit it. several diamond necklaces stored in cracker boxes. My God, I think this was my grandma. As for cash, Miss Wood had some $500,000 in $10,000 bills pinned to the inside of her nightgown. Holy shit. I, now, see, if you peeled a nightgown off a 93-year-old lady, mm-hmm. even the $10,000 bills would not be enough to make it okay, Timmy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would. And often, Timmy, mm-hmm. Timmy, often I've heard, now I've, I've, this is just commentary that's been given back to me is that the ladies have said that getting into my pants is no like ladies have a said thousand dollar bill no ladies have said that i'm just saying Mm-mm. it's been said to me before i didn't even know they made ten thousand dollars what's the largest currency we print I, you know i don't know i'm sure one of our listeners will know but i don't know somebody tell us i look at up write that down brandy ida wood write that down brandy done Ida Wood never had any intention of renewing contact with the outside world, but on March the 5th, 1931, of course, Brandy was a child, death made it necessary. At 4 o'clock that afternoon, the 93-year-old did something she hadn't done in 24 years of living in the Herald Square Hotel. She voluntarily opened the door and uh, craned her neck down the corridor and called for help. She cried, Maid, come here. My daughter is sick. Get a doctor. She's going to die. So she's a recluse brandy, but now she is, you know, she's coming out of her apartment. She had to. When the hotel manager oh, gonna die. When the hotel manager arrived at room 552, he found the body of Ida's daughter. And this gets confusing. So now, for now, it's her daughter. Miss Mary E. Mayfield laying on the uh, couch in the parlor, covered with a sheet. So, wait a minute, I think she's going to die, so preemptively she covers her with a sheet. Yeah. Well, she was cold. I think she was already deceased, but yeah. I would say, yeah. I do. It's it, Timmy, it is a $10,000 bill, and they discontinued them in 1969. Okay, so what's the largest denomination now? Um, I believe it is a $100 bill, Timmy. You don't know that, though, do you? Yeah. Yes. No, it was 500 1000 5000 and 10000 but they continued, discontinued Who's, those. Whose face was on the $10,000 bill? Do you know? Um, that I do not know. I Baby know Jesus. That, uh, but then do continue your research, girl. It was Andrew Jackson, Timmy. Who shit? That he was on the $20 bill. I know. It's Andrew Jackson. Now, of all the people to be on the $10,000 bill, and, but there was a, apparently a couple versions. It looks like uh, Who maybe Grover Cleveland Alexander was on one. It's uh, we to, did a podcast on Grover Cleveland. Remember that, Brandy? Uh-huh. Woodrow Wilson was on him, too. Uh, you know you know how hey, 
I'm hey. surprised you don't notice with that wallet you carry around, Timmy, because yeah. I'm always looking to. Now, they did at one point print um, $100,000 bills, mm-hmm. but those were not for public use. Those were just for banks and transfers well, who was and on things that? like that. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, G.I. Love okay. Money. Remember G.I. Love Money on Monopoly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We got it now? So, we good? Yeah, back to the story. Ida herself Thank you. was old and in poor health. Although she claimed that she was poor, a large amount of wealth was discovered among the trash in her room in bonds and stocks, jewelry, and cash, Brandy. About like your room. Um, no, dude. That's my grandma's house. Uh, over the next 24 hours, various people filtered in and out of room 552, the hotel manager, the house physician. And it, yeah, back, it was back in the day when hotels used to have their own doctor. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Could you imagine how much it costs to live in a hotel? Just live in a hotel. Yeah, it's probably, that had their I mean, own I'm, I'm sure you get a price break. But I don't know. You know, you can live on cruises. And it's not really that. I mean, it's like $1,000 a week or something. I mean, it's not really that expensive when you think it includes your meals and you know, yeah, but then you got that retrovirus all the time. You always got the diarrhea and throwing up and being. Well, I mean, enclose your food and everything. Somewhere. So I mean, like, um, you know, fifty-two thousand dollars a year—that's for all your expenses. That's not really that outrageous, is it, Brandy? I know you—you you have a lot of money to spend. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just what I was thinking. Maybe you and so Lanny you came in and out of that room. Yeah, so a lot of people go in and out of the room. The house physician... A lot of money goes in and out of that room, the, too. I the bet. house physician of the nearby right. oh, Hotel McAlpin. So maybe uh, the hotel she was staying in didn't have its own doctor. So a physician from the nearby Hotel McAlpin and an undertaker came in who uh, summoned two lawyers from the firm of O'Brien, Boardman, Convoy, Membran, and Early, which is... N- the name of this firm is not really all that important to the story, but the room was crammed with piles of yellow newspapers, cracker boxes, balls of used string, stacks of wrapping paper, uh, and several large trunks. Sounds like Brandy's office. One of the you can never have too much. I wonder if they had TV. like uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, what if they have what? What is it that you eat in there? In your office all the time. Pop-Tarts. I wonder if she had Pop-Tarts in her in the room. Ida. Ida. Wood. Uh, when are you going to get the peanut M&M's back? The peanut butter M&M's back, devil? You know, let me... I will never keep tell going you. into your office. Let, let me you tell you how fucked up my life is. So, you know, I come to work every day. And every day <laughs> I stop at Dunkin' Donuts and get a donut, right? Except on Monday and Tuesdays, I stop... At Graders and get a donut because they're open at a different time. So, anyway, I always, the only time I really eat donuts at Graders is in September because they have these maple flavored donuts that I really like. And they only have Those it in September delicious. because of, I guess it's, I don't know, it's Halloween or whatever. But anyway, so I look forward to that every year. And since this we are now in September, I stopped by there and they're closed for renovation. So that means oh, I'm not me. gonna get that donut this year. And not only that, I'm gonna be retired next year. So I won't even be going I won't even, I can't even look forward to it next oh, year. Oh you had it, your last maple donut, Timmy. You know what though? It's Here's the end the of an era. Wait a minute. There are more than one graders. Yeah, but not around you know, Cincinnati. To me. So so that's how bad. You know, that's called how, DoorDash. That's my struggle, Brandy. That's my. That's my. You should have DoorDash. That's my cross. Get, get it DoorDashed. No, they don't. They don't serve greater. They don't do graders. I um, don't think you know that. The room was crammed. I said for of yellow paper, cracker boxes, balls of u string. Although I already said that, right? One of the lawyers, yeah. uh, Morgan O'Brien Jr., began questioning hotel employees trying to assemble the puzzle of this strange and disheveled life. I, wish, you know, I don't I think have it's any of their business. Life. Get the body out. That's all you're here to do. 
Get the body well, out. Yeah, but they have to look, you know, they're looking out for her best interest, Ida's. The well, lo- you know, she ain't bothering nobody. The law lawyers investigating Let this her situation be. found out that the hotel manager of seven years had never once seen Ida Wood or her deceased sister, and somehow they were always they always paid their bills in cash. So is it the deceased sister or daughter? We'll get to that. So well, it's just confusing. I know it's confusing, but right now it's her sister. Okay. So, Ida Wood and her sister living in this uh, apartment for 20-some years, 24 years, never go outside. They pay their bills in cash each month for their apartment. According to the hotel's records, the sisters, along with Ida's daughter, Miss Emma Wood, had moved into the two-room suite in 1907. So, we're in 1931 now, so 24 years. A future investigation revealed that Emma Wood, who died in 1928 at the age of 71, may have been Ida's youngest sister, whom she presented as her daughter. So you confused yet? Some as a dead body. There's a dead body in her apartment, but we don't know if it's her sister, as she claims, or her daughter. Okay. The, or maybe she's confused. The fifth floor maid said in the nine years that she's worked at the hotel, she hadn't gotten into the suite ever, the only, and only twice had persuaded the women to hand over their soiled sheets. Burr. Yeah, that's a long time not to change your sheets, Brandy. Nine years. Man, Ugh. some fishy-smelling sheets. And towels and accept clean ones really? through a crack in the door. So she wouldn't even let the maid <sighs> in. She just, like... But she was able to convince her a couple times to give a turn over the sheets. Now, Abel Hop said that for many years, it had been his habit to knock on the door once a day and ask the ladies if they needed anything. And he, ran, he would run errands for them, mostly to buy groceries once a week. They requested the same items every, every time. Evaporated milk, crackers, bologna, coffee, bacon, and eggs, which were cooked in a makeshift kitchenette in the bathroom, and occasionally fish, which they ate raw brandy. Your thoughts on that? I don't even this the more the more this goes on the more it just sounds like my grandmother. It's disgusting. I, Ida actually. always tipped the bell hop ten cents for his trouble, telling him that the money was the last she had in the world. From time to time she also requested Copenhagen snuff, Brandy, Havana cigars, yeah. and jars of petroleum jelly, which Ida used to massage her face and feet. For several hours a day. Now, I will recommend a petroleum jelly for your feet. That's supposed to be good. But don't put petroleum jelly on your face, ladies. It's not good for you. You can you can back me up on that one there, right, Devil? Petroleum jelly, it, it just eats away at the skin on your face. No, it doesn't. It does. Not. It does. I, I have a skin condition, you know that, and my doctor told me no matter what you do, don't put oil-based products on your face. Well, it clogs your pores. It will clog your pores if you slather it on there like you're getting ready to go down a freaking slip and slide. You know, I was on the bus the other day, and this woman takes her shoes off and starts putting gel on her feet. It was so gross. <sighs> remember uh, uh, remember that girl did yeah. that in the middle of a staff meeting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. And this is this is the perfect time for for me to plug my new podcast, Timmy. You have a new podcast, uh, Beauty Tips from the Colonel. That'll be a popular. It's going to be just a five minute be. section every week, just to try, because I've noticed that uh, some of the ladies that I encounter, mm-hmm. they've just kind of let themselves go, Timmy, and we can do. Uh, I, uh, I see people and I just think, ma'am, you could do better. You could do better. Just comb your hair a little bit. Put a little bit of foundation on there. But, you know, women grow penises after they turn 40. Can we talk about Ida? They can still look like women. They can still look like women. Can we talk about Ida and 
Uh-huh. So Chuck stops talking. Ida was 93 years old. She stood five feet. She was five foot tall and weighed 70 pounds. She was nearly deaf. Jesus. And stopped like uh, stooped like a stooped. stooped like a question mark, Brandy. A photo on yeah. her dresser of her at the age of 23 showed that she was once a beautiful woman with a radiant smile. So. Once. Once, yeah. Well, actually, she's more beautiful with those $10,000 bills tied to I'm her I'm sure that, you know, even Brandy probably had a radiant I'm, smile at some point. I've seen that. I've actually seen the devil smile like three or four times, but two of those times were when people fell down steps. Yeah. <laughs> but her beauty. That's funny. But her beauty now had faded, Brandy. Her hair was tangled, and it appeared that she had, it had been months, perhaps years, since she had last bathed. Gross. So, really, this Uh, is an episode of Hoarders, right? Oh, for sure. As the undertaker. Oh, you know, she had those big gray hairs coming out from under her armpits, Timmy. Oh, yeah, maybe. Or her nose. Uh, Or ears. (laughs) Yeah, gray, gray. We won't even get into the pubes, but. I Thank you if for she that. wasn't doing anything, she wasn't combing her hair, she probably wasn't shaving her legs and her armpits. Oh, uh, well, you know, when she you're had 93, that 19, what do you care? Bush. When you're 93, when you're 93, most of that stuff is already gone, and you don't give a shit anyway. She had a 1930 she bush, probably, Colonel. Uh, what do you think? She was probably hanging about 10 inches of penis by 93, <laughs> Timmy. I don't know. I mean, it was all shriveled up. She was a show, and not a grower. But if she could have got that thing on some Viagra, Cialis, she could have probably pumped that thing up pretty good. Okay, so they got in this apartment. They and did. And the guy starts uh, to But her beauty had now body. faded, Brandy. Is, oh, she hadn't bathed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. As the undertaker prepared her sister's body, sister or daughter, right now we don't know. Whoever. Just had uh, with a, just, body. Just a, few, a body. A few feet away, Ida grew talkative, Brandy. She told uh, she told the uh, undertaker that she had been uh, a, ce- a celebrated belle in the South and a prominent socialite in the North. Her husband was Benjamin Wood, the brother of Fernando Wood, former mayor of New York City and congressman from the state of New York. She ha- Benny Wood, huh? Benny Wood. Benny Wood. That'd Benny be a Wood. great name to have. Mm-hmm. Ben Wood. She had, uh, despite her complaints to the bellhop, a great deal of money, Brandy, stashed in her bedroom. And at first, they all thought she was just senile. Morgan O'Brien, that's that's the lawyer, he began to investigate uh, Ida Wood's life out of curiosity. And he was astonished to learn that, uh, that she had indeed been the widow of Benjamin Wood the former owner of the New York Daily News and brother of the mayor. So she was not lying See? about that, Brandy. Nope, she's not senile. Hmm. He learned that 60 years earlier, Ida Wood had been known uh, for both her beauty and her business sense. He began looking into her finances, and a representative of the Union Pacific uh, revealed that the, the sisters owned $175,000 worth of stock and had not cashed their dividends in at least a dozen years. Examining the sale of the New York Daily News, O'Brien learned that Ida had sold the paper in 1901, Brandy, to the publisher of the New York Sun for more than $250,000, which today would probably be worth millions an, an old acquaintance reported that she sold all of the valuable possessions that she acquired over the years. Furniture, sculptures, taperies, oil paintings. Tapestries. Yeah. An officer for the Guarantee Trust Company Bank uh, remembered Ida coming into the bank in 1907, Brandy, at the height of the financial panic of that year, demanding the balance of her account in cash and stuffing all of it, nearly a million dollars, in a netted bag, declaring she was tired of everything, and she checked into the Herald Square Hotel and disappeared, effectively removing herself 
from her own life. Now, this sounds crazy, Timmy, what she did, but I have to say, and I mean no disrespect to you, Timmy, mm-hmm. this is something I could see you doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't have I feel a, like he going has Going to the bank, it. getting all your money, putting it in a bag, saying, I'm tired of this shit, and just yeah. going and secluding yourself somewhere. Yeah, if I didn't have to work, I would I would definitely be a recluse. With an invest- So, when he retires, yeah. in a year, we can expect him to disappear off the face of the earth. Yes. With an investigation of Ida's finances complete, Morgan O'Brien began interviewing the 93-year-old recluse about her early life and how she came to live alone with her uh, sister, never coming outside of her, or no, her, her never coming outside of her room for over 25 years. At first, Ida refused to discuss anything with the young lawyer until he repeatedly reassured her that he was not charging her anything for his help. She was very tight and later I see that. when they later they would bring her food and stuff and she would ask how much things cost and if it was over a dollar she wouldn't eat it. Gradually Ida Lord. I gradually Ida began to reveal her incredible life and how she came to be one of the wealthiest women in New York City. So Brandy is New going, York City. Brandy is going to tell us about her remarkable life. So Ida told O'Brien, which by the way, it's none of anybody's fucking business, but whatever. Well, there, Ida told but, O'Brien know, back in the nineteen thirties, they they didn't care as much for personal freedom, and then you know if there's an el- you know, even today, I mean, if there's elder, if there's neglect or something, they you know they bring in like adult protective to come in and make sure that the person. Is okay, so yeah, but she's clearly okay. Whatever. Well, she's anyway, got a dead Ida told sister O'Brien, slash daughter in her living. But room. she didn't let it rot there. I mean, she at least called somebody to come get it. Mm. Okay, so Ida told O'Brien that her maiden name was Ida Mayfield, and that she was born in 1838 in New Orleans. Her father, Colonel Henry August Mayfield, Colonel, you know him. Does he go? Did you uh, see him he, at the? I don't believe meetings? he was a real colonel. I think it's one of those. Uh, he was. He was one of those fake colonels, Timmy. We uh, don't let him at the meetings. You don't, you don't have fake colonels at the meetings. No, yeah. no, you got to be a real colonel. I Timmy. see. So Colonel Mayfield had been a prominent sugar exporter, and owned a beautiful plantation outside of the city. Ida claimed she was an only child. Okay, and growing up in New Orleans, she had a wonderful life. Her mother died giving birth, so Ida had her father's complete attention, and he doted on her, doted, buying her doted. the nicest toys. Doted. Mm-hmm. doted. Yes. Doted. Buying her the nicest toys and most beautiful clothes. Wish someone would dote on Ida me. said she didn't remember. Wait a minute. Ida said she didn't remember her mother. Okay, well, if she died giving birth. I don't know why she would remember her mother. Uh, but... But was, was cared for by. Sometimes you remember traumatic things. I don't. Yeah. Uh, she didn't. She didn't remember her mother, but she was cared for by a slave named Miss Betsy. She told O'Brien you don't about. Remember the, your birth, devil. I don't. I don't. I, I no. got a very clear memory of mine. Of course you do. Well, you were more spawned than born, so. Well, it, I mean, they were taking me around. See, I can remember the doctor cleaning me up and then taking me around to other places to other. Show you off. Other parents, just to mock them. Yeah, just like, oh, look at your baby, and then look at this. Yeah. They, I mean, they they was, they was did a, this is before the MRIs, but they did x-rays to see if I had wings because they thought I might have been a little angel sent from oh, heaven. Oh, for devil. fuck's sake. Um, she was cared for by Miss Betsy. She told O'Brien about the wonderful childhood she had growing up in the antebellum South prior to the Civil War. Prior to to me, mm-hmm. the Civil War, this is probably why I do not know this Mayfield fellow. Uh-huh. Because, you know, much like the East Coast, West Coast rapper feud they have going yeah. on. Yeah, well, they had it going on about There's, 30 years ago. But, yeah, okay. We still haven't settled the feud between the Northern lawyers and the Southern, or the Northern colonel. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I was in the Southern oh, I see. So there's this... It's a, it's a big it's a thing. thing. There's a, there's it's a, a thing, Brandy. Yeah, it's a thing. We it's don't, a we don't thing. talk to the uh-huh. Southern colonels. Right. I mean, because they got those bogus ones like Colonel Sanders. Well, yeah. I think we you established know, whatever. Yeah, so the Northern colonels all stick... We have one group, the Southern colonels have another group. I too. got you. So, all right. Colonel Wards. So they don't I'd, come uh, into our turn. Oh, for fuck's sake. The Colonel sake. Wards, Brandy. Uh, Ida talked for hours about her life in the South. She spoke of her beautiful home that was kept by a dozen or more slaves. Ida's eyes, I assume she had more than one, lit up when she spoke of the beautiful mansion she grew up in. She described the 53,000 square foot mansion that had 64 rooms with features like 22 massive exterior columns, Damn. 12 hand-carved Italian marble fireplaces, 15 and a half foot ceilings, and a lavish, pure white oval ballroom where her debutante ball was held when she was introduced to society in 1854. Did you have a debutante ball, Brandy? I did. It was wonderful. Did they when you were introduced to spoke, society? Yes. My parents immediately wished they could take it back. Ida spoke of riding her horse, Gallant, across the fields and streams of the two hundred and fifty acre property. She spoke of its beauty and how she missed it so. Ida told O'Brien that she was sixteen and she fell in love with a young soldier by the name of Winfred Hensley. The two began to see each other socially and planned to soon marry. Winford Hensley, Brandon. Winford. Mm-hmm. Winfred. Think he was Ida's hung. father for probably. Ida's father forbade the marriage. He feared that Hensley was only interested in the family's money. Hmm. She begged and pleaded for her father to bless the union, but he refused to do so. Finally, the two came to an agreement that if Ida would complete finishing school in New York and she still wanted to marry Hensley, he would approve of the union. It sounds like a fair in 18, deal. Sure. In 1859, when Ida was 21 years old, her father sent her to private school in New York. New York City. Ida told how heart-wrenching it had been to leave her home in the South. It was especially hard to leave her father, who was by this time growing old, and she feared she would never see him again. Ida also told O'Brien how difficult it was to leave Miss Betsy. After all, even though Betsy was a slave, they had developed quite a bond, and she was really the only mother Ida had ever known. But most of all, it was hard for her to leave her beloved Winfred. Well, you don't want to leave oh, Winfred. Winfred. I mean, you know. You don't ever want to marry somebody named Winfred. He probably, he was, yeah. he, he was probably uncircumcised, be my guess, Brandy. <laughs> yes, he was. Jesus. Have you All ever right. met a Winford who's been Brandy, circumcised do you, to me? Do you have a preference when it comes to circumcision or not? Yes, I do. What's your preference? Um, what is your preference? Ida also told O'Brien how difficult it was to leave Miss Betsy. After all, even though Betsy was a slave, they developed quite a bomb, blah, blah, blah. Okay, sorry. When Ida requested that Miss Betsy accompany her to New York, her father refused, and he told her that 
He could not send Betsy to the North for fear that she would run away. Hmm. Instead, he hired a guardian, a Miss Graham, who would chaperone Ida to New York and look after her needs. Still, Ida was reluctant to board the ship that would take her far away from her beloved Winfred, her aging father, and Miss Betsy. Far away from the beautiful Mayfair plantation that she would inherit one day. Could you could you please stick to the script? Now, Timmy, Timmy writes these things, and it's kind of like a combination of Faulkner and Shakespeare. There's a cadence to it, and, Randy, that you have... Yeah, and please don't just blah blah through it. Yeah, there's a cadence. I mean, it's disrespectful that you have to, to. Yeah, would you blah 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 through Hemingway? No, Shakespeare. So don't blah 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 through Timmy. What is you your preference it. on circumcisions, Brandy? At first, her and Winfred, Winfred exchanged letters twice a week and expressed their deep affection and love for each other. But when war broke out in 1861, the letters became less frequent. At the at the outbreak of war. Winfred had resigned his commission in the Union Army and joined the Confederate Army with the rank of Major. In April of 1862, Ida received word that her beloved had been killed and that the Yankees now occupied New Orleans. Frantically, Ida tried to reach her father but was unable to for several months. Do you you think, I'm not familiar with this, but on Tinder, is that part of your profile? Whether you uh, whether you uh, circumcised or not, uh, it could be. I suppose. Uh-huh. In I August mean, of eighteen sixty-two, hey, August eighteen sixty-two. Picture it, August eighteen sixty-two. Okay, August eighteen. She learned hot, hot, hot part of hot. the year. Yeah, she learned that her father had died during a cholera outbreak soon after the Yankee occupation, and Ida was now alone in the world, with the war still going on and nothing really to go home to. Ida decided to remain in New York and start a career in journalism, an occupation that offered few opportunities to women at the time. Soon after the war ended in 1865, she met Benjamin Wood, who was the editor of the New York Daily News. You think he was circumcised? Into- you know, he got a name like Wood. You know, he, he's, <laughs> well, he's he built- uncut, Timmy. Uncut, He Randy. had built it. Is he, he cut wood it. or uncut wood? That's what I want to know. <laughs> He had built it uh, into the highest circulation, circulating daily newspaper in America, a three-term congressman and confidant to his older brother, Fernando Wood, who was the mayor of New York City and a major Democratic politician. Colonel, can you sing a little bit of that ABBA song, Fernando? I can't, Timmy. I don't know. Any ABBA songs Fernando's that you know. Fernando's the dancing queen, 17... 17- no. God, that's horrible. Um, I don't know the, that one, but I'll look it up. I'll, I'll have it ready for next thank, week. Thank you, Colonel. The couple soon fell in love and were married. They lived in a palatial estate in Upper Manhattan, and she told her she told O'Brien that the couple had one child, a daughter named Emma. It was Emma with whom she shared the apartment, who cared for her, and who is now dead. Now this 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 gives me a chance, Timmy, to plug my new podcast. Okay. It's just going to be a, a three to five minute segment every week, and it's going to be karaoke with the Colonel. Timmy. Oh, that'll be popular, Brandy. Yeah, I'm going to take pop songs and Taylor Swift Will you songs take, uh, requests? and sing them myself. I'll take Look, requests. K- yeah, Kelly Clarkson got a talk show, so anything's possible, Brandy. Yeah, as karaoke the lawyer, with the Colonel. Write it as down. Right as the lawyer started examining. Ida's property, he was amazed to find Ida's 54 trunks, some stored in the basement of the hotel and others in an uptown warehouse. Inside the trunks lay bolts of the finest lace from Ireland, Venice, and Spain, armfuls of exquisite gowns, necklaces, watches, bracelets, tiaras, and other gem-encrusted pieces, several $1,000, $5,000, and $10,000 gold certificates dating back to the 1860s, a gold-headed ebony stick, a Wood family heirloom that had been a gift from President James Monroe, and an 1867 letter from Charles Dickens to Benjamin Wood. Each trunk was taken to the Harriman National Bank, where the contents were placed in vaults. In an old box of stale crackers, they discovered a diamond necklace worth $40,000. Nice. It didn't take long, right, it didn't take long for Ida's incredible story to make the New York newspapers. 
Soon, Ida's relatives, or people claiming to be her relatives, came forward. Letters from these southern relatives, the Mayfields, began to pour in, but Ida was too blind to read herself. The Wood relatives also jockeyed for attention, all of them ready to prove their ancestry to a branch of the Earls of Crawford. One missive addressed Ida as Dear Aunt Ida and promised to take care of her. She claimed to be the daughter of her uncle, Louis Mayfield. The nurse who read the letter to Ida asked if she knew the writer, and Ida replied she never heard of her. Yeah, so they're All coming told, out of the woodwork. right? At, the woodwork, yeah. right. All told, 406 people claimed to be her heirs. Now Shot. this bitch got $10,000 bills stuck to a thing, and she can't go down to Family Dollar and buy herself a $4 pair of readers. Mm. It's got a point, Brandy. Yeah, uh, see? I know. Well, you know, most of the people... now. Here's a shock to mm-hmm. me, and it, it disappoints me in, in, in humanity, but most of the people coming forward were frauds. Frauds, Brandy. Like, you know, they was they would use titles that they really didn't uh, have. Yeah, like Baron. Mm-hmm. Colonel. Right. Now, some were not, though, Timmy. Okay. Bit Benny Wood's son from his first marriage, and some of his children came forward, and they hired their own law firm, Timmy. Tally and Lamb. They got their own law firm, Brandy. Tally and Lamb. They were a powerful force back in the day, Mm. Timmy. And they all seemed to agree that the best way to help Ida was to have her declared incompetent. Really, if you think about it, the best way we could help the devil is to have her declared incompetent so we could just help her with her life. Because she just won't help her. I mean, (laughs) they are. They right. are. That way, but you know, she's we could have People Dave like make the decisions. When we get reviews, they like Brandy for some reason. I don't. I don't get it. But yeah, but think about the kind of people who leave reviews. Timmy, they're insane oh. too. And when we started this podcast, did you ever think that uh, she would have a following, Colonel? <laughs> no, I did not. I, although when we started this podcast, I thought it'd be me, you, and the devil listening to it too. <laughs> yeah, so, <that's> true. <laughs> so. But anyway, uh, after we get the devil declared incompetent, I'll get back to the story here, which in September 1931, she was declared incompetent. Now, Ida was allowed to stay at the hotel, but the judge ordered she move into a larger, more suitable accommodation. Now, with the help of two nurses and in the presence of members of both factions of the wood family she had wood she would like the devil at prom had just surrounded by wood uh ida was moved brandy your uh, economics professor cut uncut <laughs> yeah she's not answering i'm sorry i quit listening to you mm. first time first time i heard her get quiet in a long time mm. timmy she probably got a big smile on well her anyway <laughs> yeah, the memories may be beautiful, but yeah. Well, Brandy, I never so thought anyway, that he could sing Barbara Streisand. You really have a range. You really can't. You really have a range to your uh, your singing. Well, that's why I decided to do the the seventh podcast that well, I'll be I, on. I, I mean, the Colonel's karaoke. I like it. So anyway, she's got these two nurses. They move her to a pair of rooms directly below the one she occupied for so many years. She wept as they escorted her downstairs. You'd think at 93 years old, those tear ducts would be dried up. But Do you feel sorry for I her, I guess Brandy? not every... Yeah, I feel bad for her. Not every part of your body dries up at 93, so she could still cry. So why, she asked, I can take care of myself. Well, that's clearly evident that she could, I guess. Her old suite was searched, and inside an old shoebox, they found $247,000 in cash, which will probably be roughly to about, oh, Timmy, probably roughly $4 million in nice. today's money, mostly in $1,000 and $5,000 bills. Now, they thought it, that was all of it until the following day when a nurse tunneled a hand up Ida's See, dress while she bullshit. slept. So she molested her while that. she's asleep? He, I'm pretty sure a nurse did that to me when they have, when I had my gallbladder out to me. She didn't, but that's some shit right there. That's bullshit. 
Like you really no, can't well, just leave me alone while I'm sleeping. Well, the nurse probably. I mean, you got all those ten thousand dollar bills pinned to you. She probably noticed something that was pretty weird. That's none of her so, fucking business. Anyway, she, she reaches her hands up at his dress and retrieves an oilcloth pocket holding five hundred thousand dollars and ten thousand dollar bills. Now you got to remember, devil, the woman's only seventy pounds. So I think you she's carrying around five hundred bills in her in this thing. It's gonna it's gonna create a little baby bump for her. None so of the their business. So the nurse was just checking her out. Uh-uh. So meanwhile, without her beloved daughter and forced to live in a new apartment, but you know, that was actually you know, seriously, clean, Brandy makes a good point. You wonder how much money that people just siphoned. You know what I mean? And like, oh yeah. look, here's a hundred thousand dollars. What may have been one hundred twenty-five thousand, and they just pocketed. Well, you know what? That's what I'm wondering. Did she reach up there and find $750,000? Right, yeah. So, well, anyway, she was forced to live in a new apartment that she called a prison, and Ida's health deteriorated quickly. Now, on several occasions, when the nurses weren't lo- looking, she shuffled to a partly open window and tried to scream above the roaring traffic of Herald Square, Help! Help, I'm a prisoner. Get me out of here. Now, you know if she would have jumped out of the window, Timmy, like a jigsaw person, Mm -hmm. she'd have just been blown right back against the building and slid down. I was going to say, she's 70 pounds. She wasn't going anywhere. She's got that that money to uh, keep her centered. No, they took that Uh, off of her. Even gravity don't Yeah, they molested her and took it. Even, Even gravity don't fuck with you when you're 70 pounds, Timmy. So other times she treated the nurses... As her confidence, confidants, sharing what they believed were cherished memories. I'm a Mayfield, goddammit, she told them. She didn't say that. They used to spell it. Well, she did say I'm a Mayfield. She curse that. Well, she was like Gumby. She's like, I'm Gumby, damn it. I'm a Mayfield, damn it. So they used to spell it M-A-I-F-I-E-L-D. In the old days, you know, this is, I'm quoting uh-huh. her. I grew up in the city of New Orleans, New Orleans, a wonderful city. My mother had a very good education, you know. She spoke German and Spanish and Italian, and we had a beautiful plantation. Well, I'd have finally kicked the bucket, Timmy, on March 12, 1932. Thank you for your service, Ida. Oh, Brandy. She left an estate. Worth more than $7.8 million. In 1932, Timmy, imagine that. She's like Jeff Bezos today. Except Bezos ain't walking she, around yeah, with money. She was well, the wealthiest have it woman in, in New York City when she died. And most of it went to the heirs of her late husband. Now, a lengthy investigation after her death found that Ida Woods was not from New Orleans at all. <laughs> she had been born Ellen Walsh, the daughter of poor immigrant Thomas Walsh. She had grown up in squalor in the tenement houses in the Lower East Side of Mount Manhattan. And as a little girl, she dreamed of being pretty, wearing beautiful gowns, pearl necklaces, wearing fancy diamonds. But she was just another poor Irish woman. So the whole story just about like growing up in New Orleans her. was a lie. Yeah, she didn't have no slave. Hell, she was Irish. She was probably, her, her mama was a washwoman. So as a girl, I did not, no, no offense to my Irish friends out there. As a girl, Ida did not attend school. By the time she was 10 years old, she was working in a seamstress in a sweatshop in New York's garment district. And with the help of local nuns, she learned how to read and write. While she wasn't working, Ida would walk in Central Park and search the waste cans for newspapers people had discarded. She loved reading the society pages and reading people who were so much different than her. And she longed to be rich and glamorous like the people she saw in the newspaper. When she was 15, Timmy, Ida, desperate to make her fantasies a reality, wrote one of those people that she read about in the newspaper, Mr. Wood, offering to serve as his mistress. That's just shameful. Shameful, Ida. Yeah, that's shady as fuck. Now, Wood was 38 at the time and married, but he agreed to meet 
than teenager. How was I? And how old uh, she was? She was 15 years old, which I imagine if you can work 40, 20 hours a day in a sweatshop, the age of consent probably was 11 back then. So anyway, an affair ensued that lasted almost 12 years, Timmy. So they had an affair. So she was 27. Now then, Wood's first wife died, Timmy. He married Ida and brought her into the life she dreamed of for years before as a dirty-faced little girl living in squalor. The marriage was not a happy one. Benjamin liked to drink heavy, which had a big... Benjamin drank heavily, which impacted his wood, Timmy. It did. It will, Brandy. Jesus. It will. It'll do that. Ben had the whiskey dick. So anyway, he gambled away much of that fortune. Is that some of his Charles Dickens prose that Timmy puts down? No, I think I th- whiskey I dick. Think he added that for effect. I had lipped that one. No, I didn't but, think we were allowed to do that. Oh, yeah, Timmy gives me autistic license. He likes you to stick to the script because, well, I'm the colonel. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he gambled away much of that fortune, but there was enough of it when he died for Ida and her sister to live the rest of their lives. It had been Ida's sister. Who had died in that hotel room when Ida sought help. Her sister Mary sought Ida's help after her husband, in a drunken rage, beat and threatened to kill her in 1907. There was never a daughter named Emma. Emma, much like Ida's life, was pure make believe. Mm. So Doesn't this matter. woman. She still got a bunch of fucking money. She And she came out good, but. She made all this shit up. The bitch was crazy, but she was rich crazy. And most most people Which who are that rich are crazy anyway. Yeah. Eccentric. Yeah. That's what you call those people. Have you ever written any letters offering to have an affair, devil? I have not, but damn or it, were if those, it works, I might start. Were those just typically oral agreements that you had? No. <laughs> Brandy, what's your final thoughts on Ida Wood and her make-believe life? They, sh- they should have just left her alone. They should have left her yeah. alone. Get the body out. It's time. Move on. Yeah, the body starts smelling after a just, few days. Yeah, she's not, you know, she's no, not that place was anybody. smelling. They hadn't changed the sheets in 12 years, Timmy. <laughs> What do you think that place was like up Girl, there? You're, now, you're, but here's uh-huh. the other question. Yeah. Wait a minute, though. Here's a question. Do you think that she made all the other stuff up about New Orleans because she actually believed it because she was crazy? Or was she just telling them a story just to make them go away? Yeah, I, I think no This one, bitch is like, what's her knew. name? I think they didn't know if she was just being, you know, she was just living in her own, kind of living in her own world. She kind of became a person right. that she dreamed of being, and you know, to her, I think. So I, you think that she just told that story just no, so I, know no, she started I think out she, poor? No, I think she believed it. But the, the thing, you think she believed? Yeah, it? but the thing is, her her story is kind of remarkable on its own. I mean, w- without right. the whole Annabelle and South thing. I mean, about growing up in New Orleans and all that. It's pretty incredible, you know, that she grew up and become wealthy. And but I mean, I I got to, from reading doing doing the research for this. I got the f- impression that she believed that that's that's what happened. Because I mean, she was telling that yeah. to story. She was consistent in telling that story, like to nurses, her nurses and stuff. I don't think she was just throwing them off. I think she really believed it. But she's in her own world at that point. Well, did, yeah. did anybody point, get crazy? Did anybody get flashbacks of Norma Ray Desmond or whatever her name was? Oh my God! Yes, sitting around yes. telling stories of the old days. What was that? Her producer's name? Max. Max. The boss. Max. Yeah. Max. 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 Come here, Max. All right, Colonel. Your final thoughts on Ida Wood. Well, the world's filled with crazy women, Timmy, and she's just a, another one in a long-ass line, Timmy, <laughs> she, except she's rich. 
All right. Um, we do not have. We're updating our Patreon list, so we would like if you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to Patreon.com/slash/HistoryDweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel, or just a wee little bit. And if you are a Patreon sponsor. Um, well, the reason we're updating the list is um, you might want to check. I don't know if Patreon's having problems or what. Check that you ha- have the right card on your Patreon account. Because I change cards and, you know, you lose cards and you change it. And sometimes I never updated mine and realized I had to update mine on my Patreon account after about two months of missing Patreon payments to... Uh, my favorite podcast. What is your favorite podcast, Colonel? My favorite podcast, it depends on the night to me. Well, let me say really this. Does. Rudy apparently needs to update his credit card because he's fallen off as a Patreon supporter. I And see, I, I got with him and apparently Rudy had some bank fraud oh, going on. I didn't on know that. And got a new, yeah, had to get a new credit card, a new check card. So he was one of those. It happens to a lot of people. If you if you dispute, what happens now if you dispute a charge, they uh, just cancel your card and give you a new one. Ah, I see. And that does so not. So Rudy had a dispute. Yeah, Rudy apparently had some uh, charges on his card that he wanted to dispute. Now, Kink. I'm not really com. sure who's who I believe. Um, yeah. yeah. And he was he was a member of uh of well, Timmy and it's going to sound harsh, but you got to remember their dog. Uh-huh. Their dogs. And it was uh Hotbitches.com. Hotbitches.com. This is the most meandering bullshit. Yeah, and I don't want, crap. you know, don't take offense my to that, ladies. God. That's what they call female dogs. Hotbitches.com. Oh, my God. Now, Rudy said he never subscribed. Why are we talking about this? All right, so. Uh, I've we, got a pee. We're going we to update to the uh, Patreon list and do Patreon shoutouts next week. But for all of you have, who have supported us on Patreon, thank you. We really appreciate it, and we hope to see most of you at DweebCon October 4th to 6th. Brandy's going to drink a lot and probably fall down. So make sure— I never fall make down. Sure you, make sure you join us, DweebCon Cincinnati, October 4th through 6th. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Good Bye-bye. day. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.